Welcome to the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. I'm Kelly Dean, physical therapist and founder of the Tummy Team. This podcast shares the personal journeys of Tummy Team clients as they restore their core and pursue being strong to be pain-free and connected for the life they were meant to live. Tummy Team Journey, and this episode we're going to be interviewing Jennifer, and she's one of our online clients, and she's done a couple of our programs. And thanks for being here, Jennifer. Thank you. We are excited to hear a little bit about your story. Tell me a bit about you. Tell me your age, maybe the number of kids, kind of just a little bit about your story. Okay, so I will be 36 next week, and I have nine children. Um, that I've given birth to one at a time. There's no multiples, um, but I had my nine babies in 11 years. And, um, I'm also a wow. and doula <laughs> and I'm also an EMT. So I really enjoy, um, birth, all things birthy and also just the human body and making sure we're taking care of it as well as we can. Yeah. So Tell me what you, where, when did you hear about the tummy team? Where were you in those number of births? Well, I first heard about it, I want to say when I had baby number six or seven. And I, uh, my dear friend had gone through um, a traumatic birth. and she kept recommending the tummy team to help. She used it to help heal from that traumatic birth. And she kept telling me, you need to do this. You need to do this. And I was like, well, it's online. It's exercise. I don't have time for exercise. You know, and she kept saying, no, that's not what it is. You got to check it out. And I finally took her word for it. And yeah, it was amazing. Blew my mind. <laughs> Were you pregnant when you, when you started? Did, or were you recovering? Which program did you do first? Um, I did the core foundations first. Okay. Um, I did that after, I believe, baby number seven. And um, that birth, baby number seven, was uh, was traumatic. Um, it wasn't like textbook traumatic, but to me, it was traumatic. And it changed my perspective on birthing. And it gave me a new, um, just a new perception of women and, and going through hard births, that if they say it was a hard birth and traumatic, it was. And we need to take their word for it. Um, I, I struggled with an extreme amount of fear during that pregnancy. And I could, it was impacting my body the way that I, I went two weeks overdue. I was dilated to a four five for about two weeks. Oh, wow. So I knew I was, I needed to go into labor with this baby. And just, I, I was having a home birth, a home water birth was my plan. I decided I was going to go to the hospital, get an induction and an epidural. I just was done. And I wanted that, that help. And some different people that are close to me, um, thought I was just freaking out and 
told me to just stay home and have the baby and quit freaking out because there was nothing physically wrong. Um, and because my babies were so close together, my uterus was tipped and I had a significant diastasis, probably, um, between a three and a four finger wide gap. And because of that, my babies were not positioned correctly and I would not dilate on one side of my cervix. And so for many births were probably, um, five or six, I had to be manually dilated. Oh no. Yeah. And my midwife always said, well, it's just through like one or two contractions. No big deal. But I'm sorry. It, it was a big deal. It, it right. really so for people that don't know what manually dilated means, why don't you explain that? Well, it involves the midwife using her entire hand and moving the cervix over the baby's head as I push. Um, so pushing before dilate, being fully dilated does not feel good. Having that hand in there pushing that aside does not feel good. So I think that's where a lot of my fear was because I knew I was going to go through that. And this was for multiple pregnancies. This happened over and over again. Oh, gosh. Okay. Okay. And I would I would dilate super fast during my labor. Like, I would get to an eight, nine in about two hours. And then I would sit there for eight hours until okay. she. And I kept doing any thinking, okay, it's got to be a positioning thing. It's got to be something's got to be. So during this baby number seven, I was going through this all over again, dilated to a nine, sitting there, sitting there. And I uh, freaked out at the end. I just lost it. And I thought, you know what? I'm not doing this. I said, load me up. You're taking me in for a C-section. <laughs> and um, thankfully, they didn't do that because she was born in like 20 minutes from there. But, but after that experience, I, I felt broken. Um, I felt my body was failing me. I felt, um, because I wanted all nine of my babies. I did not want to stop at number seven. I love being a mother and I wanted to continue loving being a mother. I didn't want to end on a terrified, broken. Yeah. A negative note. Yeah. Yes. So, so through right after that, my friend, Sarah was like, you need to do this. <laughs> Go get the tummy team. And so I did. And I was just blown away by the difference it made in my body and my brain. You know, that mind, you think you're, you, you're broken and then you find out, well, there's no connection there. And it's, it took me two weeks to get rid of that diastasis. It was so ready to, to be healed. Mm. And I, you know, I wore the splint. I did everything. I just, and then I got crazy passionate about it and started telling everybody, got to do this. Even my brother, my brother's a bodybuilder. I was like, lay down. I'm going to feel your stomach. You need to wear a splint. You know, I, I started helping <laughs> people <laughs> because it changed my life so much. Yeah. And that was, that was postpartum, right? Yeah. And so when you, when you kind of could tell that, the missing piece of where your core was and what you needed to do to kind of feel whole again, um, the process of core foundations and that your body did respond so well. Did that give you hope for future pregnancies? Did that make it feel like, okay, if we want to continue to grow our family, we want a big family and that's great. Um, it, 
you know, did you feel a little bit more hopeful that it, it, it was possible? Yes, I did. And I almost felt like, okay, we got to have one more just to see if this worked. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, I, we had some crazy circumstances with um, our son getting injured and, and some different things. So it, there was a couple years before I felt like having another baby. And um, so then, then I did, we had um, baby number eight. And this time I said, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I'm going to go and I'm going to get myself an epidural, <laughs> which was challenging. I struggled with, with that a lot. Um, and so did you do the prenatal court training before baby number eight? I did not. I did it before okay. baby number nine. Because Okay. All right. Tell me about baby number eight. So baby number eight, um, I have four boys and three of my four boys, um, they had shoulder dystocia. They were big. Um, I'm not a very big person and my babies were, he was, he was over nine pounds. And so he did have shoulder dystocia. And I remember telling that the doctor, cause she's like, okay, his shoulder's stuck. You need to push. I remember t looking at her and saying, I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and she said, okay, yes, you do. And I just pushed him right out. So I felt like with the epidural, um, I couldn't feel how to push properly, but with the tummy team, mm -hmm. like just knowing, just doing core foundations, I knew how to use my core. Mm -hmm. And I did, even with an epidural, even though I couldn't feel it, I knew how to push him out. And so I was pretty triumphant after that, but I still um, had to have my cervix moved. And I think just because he was so enormous, he was, I was so big with him that I kind of um, felt like I should have been wearing my splint in labor. Mm -hmm. So looking back, that would have been one key thing I could have done. And so after his birth, um, you know, using all the tools I had learned through core foundations and um, I felt like my body was put back together. Um, I, I, my diastasis was closed again. I mean, it's still like, I want to say like half a finger wide, but I have the strongest core I've ever had in my life. Um, after eight yes. <laughs> yeah. And after eight babies and doing um, core foundations, I go to trampoline parks with my kids and jump all nine of my kids. I do not even think about my pelvic floor the entire time. I will jump for two hours and just be totally fine. I never, never wet my pants. <laughs> Wow. And so many of my friends are like, how do you do this? I'm like, tummy team, go there, do it. <laughs> <laughs> That's not everybody's experience, but I'm glad I can tell that your body really um, responded well to mm -hmm. our approach, right? And you can tell that too. Um, your birth recovery after baby number eight mm -hmm. was better. And the birth was better, even though you still had the cervix issue. Mm-hmm. But they were able to do that manipulation when you had the epidural. Yes. Which is really grateful. Yeah. 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 It didn't bother me. Um, I only had to, it was, it was not an, it was an intrathecal. So it was just a very um, short spinal block. And, um, you know, it, it really, it really helped me through my fear and stuff. Um, and to be able to ha not have trauma during the birth, just to, to come out of that triumphant and glad instead of feeling broken. Yeah. 
Great. You know, you mentioned a little bit about splinting during um, labor and the splint. And, you know, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of mixed information about splinting. And even within the rehab community, a lot of people are like, you know, splinting makes you weaker. Um and, and then we have the other side of you need to splint all the time. And, you know, our our approach to splinting is very specific, right? We, we use the splint for a purpose, for a time, transitional as a reminder, as a reinforcement. The, the reason that sometimes it can be helpful during labor is that it reinforces optimal alignment um, of the baby so that the baby is putting equal pressure on the cervix and your core, a, a strong core can do that as well. But if you've, if you've have, um, a diastasis or have had a weak core, or you have poor fetal alignment, sometimes the splint or sometimes those muscles just get tired over the course of labor. So sometimes the splint can kind of act as that reinforcement. It's like if anybody's familiar with a rebozo, which is like, what doulas and um, midwives will sometimes do where they'll wrap a, a nice big piece of fabric around the belly and kind of pull the belly up and in. It takes pressure off the back. It helps to sit the baby in a more upright position. That's what we're trying to do with the core. And the splint is just a, a temporary support for a core that's maybe doesn't have quite as much endurance or as much strength to help you be there. Um, so I'm, I'm curious about um, pregnancy number three or number nine. <laughs> Tell me about that. So during um, pregnancy number nine, I thought, you know what, I'm going to do the prenatal course. Um, I, as a doula, I really like to tell people about the tummy team and just talk about that. And I thought I better do the prenatal ones that I know more about what I'm talking about. And then you had a sale. So it was like, yep, I'm doing this. Um, so I did that. And I really enjoyed learning about just your body during labor and, and all that that goes with the, that um, program. And I thought, okay, I'm going to wear my splint during this labor. But so I had instructed my husband, okay, help me keep this thing on because I, you know, I don't, I usually end up tearing everything off when I'm in labor. I don't want anything uncomfortable. But I instructed him, okay, you need to really help me keep this on and remind me what we're doing. And um, he, see, I've always had my babies at least three days over my due date. And um, he had a trip he needed to make, my husband did. And I said, you might as well do it early, you know, about a few days before my due date, because I'm not going to go into labor anyway. And at this point, I, for all of my other labors, I'd had weeks and weeks of false labor. Um, leading up to my birth. And this one, I hadn't had any. And I just thought, I'm going to go really far over with this baby, just because I haven't started that whole off and on labor thing yet. And so he, my husband left that morning at, you know, or first thing in the morning, and I had a prenatal appointment at nine. And I went in for that. And my doctor said, Oh, I don't think you're going to make it till tomorrow. And I said, oh, no, I'm feeling great. I really have not gotten to that. I feel so miserable. I could go into labor yet thing. And so then I went shopping after my appointment and I did not get halfway through that store before I went, no, I really am in labor. <laughs> and so I called my husband and he said, well, 
I'm, you know, 12 hours away. Um, and he had, so I said, you know, don't worry about it. It'll go slow. I'm not, it's just starting. And long story short, he missed my birth. Um, and so I was kind of, <laughs> I was kind of, you know, freaking out in my head, like, how am I going to keep my splint on? How am I going to do this without him? Because he's amazing at, at my births. Um, he's the world's best doula. Um, <laughs> but um, between a few of my good girlfriends and an amazing nurse who I walked in there and I said, listen, I have this thing on, it's called a splint. And she said, don't even tell me more. I know exactly what you're doing and I will do my best to keep that on you. And I was so grateful for that nurse and for her knowledge of just what I was doing. Yeah. Um, so I kept that the splint on and it wasn't uncomfortable. It really wasn't. I had it on. I mean, I was used to wearing it, obviously. Um, and, and they just worked around it. And, um, it was more like, uh, I don't know. I, I, after I gave birth to him, I was like, if this could be the way births were, more women would want to do this. <laughs> so I, did you get, did you stall? Did you have the same cervix problem? No. After, you know, doing, having my cervix manually dilated over and over again, baby number nine, I, all I had to do keep my splint on I dilated beautifully I pushed him out in two pushes and he was at almost three and my first push she said you know you're dilated you can go ahead and I kind of tried it out a little bit just to see and she goes oh he's there's his head and I laughed and he was born <laughs> I mean I and I just I just I just cried. I was so happy that we had figured this out. And now I have these tools um, for other women. I know lots of women that stall during labor that have um, that have had to be dilated with their midwife's hand or doctor's hand. I know there's so many women out there. And I thought, boy, I need to I need to share my story because um, it wasn't the fact that I had given birth nine times that made it so easy. I mean, that was a factor. Mm -hmm. but the the tummy team and using those principles changed all of my the way I gave birth. Do you think that what do you think was the key for you? Was it being able to feel your transverse? Was it the coordination that we teach between the core and the pelvic floor for the pushing strategy? Was it neutral pelvis getting you in a better alignment? I mean, you mentioned the splint, but the splint kind of reinforces the other the other components. What do you feel like really connected with what you needed to do with your body? So I think the splint helped me remember, you know, I never wore it so tight that it was being my muscle. Um, right. But it, it helped me remember constantly like, okay, you need to remember to engage your transverse properly. Um, and the proper alignment, I think. Um, and, and during um, the prenatal course, you talk about how to push. Mm -hmm. Um, one of my friends was telling me, she also a tummy team. Um, she also been through it. So she was reminding me how to push mm -hmm. and that splint was reminding me of, of just the connection. Right. That. And I think just having, um, having a strong and flexible pelvic floor 
because of the that proper pelvic alignment, um, I think that was really crucial. Yeah. Yeah, I'm um did you get an epidural with the last baby? I did, but I sure didn't need it. I don't I they put it they placed that epidural and he was born in like two minutes, so I don't know what the point was. <laughs> you were just being proactive. Um and how was your birth recovery after that last baby? Well, it was great. Um well, there was many factors in that. Just just my husband and family understand after nine babies what I need postpartum. Um, and that, you know, I need to be laying around for a while and, and they support that. So having that help was really, really important. And then um, just, you know, I immediately start doing belly breaths and start regaining that, you know, just that core. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I immediately started doing that afterwards, after his birth. And because it was so, so quick um, and fairly easy, I didn't feel the... I didn't feel broken when I, after I had him. So my core was back to, back to normal, back to strong. Um, I don't know how many months postpartum, but it was, it was a few months. Yeah. Reasonable. Reasonable. Which was perfect for me. I mean, that's, I, I, I've learned how to be more gentle with my body. The more babies I've had, um, it's, it's it's a quick, have that kid and get back out there thing. I've learned that the hard way. (laughs) Yeah, that that is unfortunately how most of us have to learn it the hard way, right? Like that to really um so much of the damage that I see um in mamas is them trying to do too much too fast without giving their body time to heal. Um and it's our culture. It's our culture to do that and I think there's a lot of things really trying to shift that, you know, there's a lot of emphasis on what we're calling that fourth trimester, you know, that 3 months postpartum of really nurturing your body back into uh that full strength and recovery and I just feel like that's not a weak, that's a smart. That's a smart way to go. I mean, this is a transformation that requires some healing and you know, we've heard it a million times, but it's so much easier to prevent an injury than it is to recover from one. Um, are you, uh, how, what is your routine now? Like how old's your, your youngest? He's three. Okay. Um, do you still, do you still kind of have some lifestyle things that you've learned from the, from your courses that you implement in your day? What are those? So many. I um, I do a lot of the stretches that I learned in the core foundations. Um, if I'm, you know, if I've been on my feet or sitting too much or something, I use that. Um, I do, yeah. A lot of the stretches are really important. I think in maintaining. The stretches are funny, huh? Like most people, when I introduce stretches, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, I feel better when I stretch," but I never stretch and like. I would hear this over and over from clients that like some of these key stretches like change everything. And I, one of the things I jokingly say all the time is like stretching is kind of the fountain of youth. It's like, you know, if we can keep those muscles elongated and um, not like we just sit in the same movements. And when you have a bunch of children, you're doing a lot of routine, a lot of repetition, and your body is using the same muscles over and over and lengthening those muscles to put your body in a position where you can use other muscles to balance yourself out is, it seems really simple, 
Um, and it is kind of simple, but you still have to do it, right? You still have to build it in. I did not do a lot of the stretches. Um, I've gone through core foundations twice now. Okay. Um, I had a friend who I bought it for, and I said, let's do this together. Um, and so I did it with her. And, and so that second time around, which was uh, last summer, I thought, okay, I'm going to start doing more of these stretches because I didn't do a ton before. And now I do them almost every day and they made a huge difference. I did not realize how important they were even after your diastasis is, is healed. Um, yeah. so I do a lot of the, those stretches and, um, uh, my kids and my husband do them with me when we're, if they are working out or something, any fitness stuff, we like to do our stretches together and they feel great. They feel amazing. I think everybody, like when I will do an e-session with somebody, they'll say like, I'm doing everything, but I'm not doing the stretches. And then the thing that we needed to do was the stretches. And they're like, oh my goodness, why didn't I just do the stretches? I think we focus so much on, I need strength. I need the strength. And the reality is um, you need, it's hard to ob obtain the strength you need when you're fighting against a tight muscle. You need to release the tight muscles so that the other muscle has an opportunity to be used. And I, I see that a lot is this kind of under misunderstood. And um, I don't waste your time. I don't put anything in that program that I don't think is very valuable. I mean, I know like, and we, that's why we keep editing and keep improving the videos because when I find a better way, I'm going to give it to you. I don't, I, your time is so valuable. I only put in there what I think is really important and really valuable. So, um, but it also is a lot of information and, you know, you, you have a big family, you have a lot of um, commitments, a lot of things pulling on your time. And so, you know, even just prioritizing the pieces that you did was really powerful. And then going back and kind of re-implementing some of those things. Are you guys going to have any more kiddos? I don't know. I keep asking moms, like, when do you know you're done? Because, boy, I sure would love another baby. But the thought of it is also like, really? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Oh, like I could. Um, now I have that confidence. I've lost that fear, which that was the thing that was important to me. I feel confident and capable to push out another baby. Right. And, and to recover uh, afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That and I've been able to teach my girls um, proper posture and how to take care of their cores, which I used to do sit ups every day faithfully. <laughs> um, and I my core is so much stronger now, not doing any sit ups. <laughs> right. Doing it just uses a different group of muscles. It, yeah. It's a different group of muscles and it's often missing the muscles that we really need. Um, do you, what is something like we kind of talked about this, but what is, you had mentioned a little bit about at the very beginning that you didn't even realize how disconnected you were from that muscle. I, we say a lot that disconnect is probably the most significant thing we see. People think it's weakness. People think it's pain and all those things are part of it. But disconnect is kind of the umbrella that over is overshadowing everything else. And so when you kind of realized, oh, gosh, I don't even feel those muscles. Mm -hmm. What was that process for like for you? Well, after my my first baby, uh, you know, I'd heard moms talking about 
that how their belly felt like jello afterwards. And I always thought that was extra skin, fat, whatever was going on there. And it's not, it's the lack of connection. And so I felt like there was nothing in my midsection, nothing left. Um, my, I'd always, I've always had good posture. My mom was, um, my mom rode horses. Uh, she mm-hmm. rode dressage and was extremely um, picky about our posture growing up. Mm-hmm. And boy, am I grateful for that because I already had, um, I already understood that you need to have good posture. And I think that helped a lot um, with my healing. Um, But I remember sitting there for probably 45 minutes trying to connect my transverse the first time I did core foundations. And I'm really grateful that you said, you know, that it would maybe take a little time because it did. It took a little time. Uh, But it came. And when it did, I was like, oh, there it is. Um, and the emotional things that you talk about in there at first, I was like, Oh, whatever. No, (laughs) it's really there. Um, and so now I, I just, I just feel like, um, that part, that feeling connected part helps me get through my day every single day. Yeah. It's a grounding. I feel like it really grounds me. And I think that that emotional part, it's different for everybody, but I think there's something really important to acknowledge if you're, you're feeling kind of like a jellyfish, you're kind of, I I, I look at it like how my core was before I felt like a jellyfish and you know how the jellyfish kind of float around with every wave, you know, Mm -hmm. they're kind of all over there. They're beautiful. I love to watch the jellyfish at like the, the aquariums. It's my favorite thing, but they're really just, they're, they're at the mercy of whatever environment that is around them. Right. And as a mother, that makes it very difficult because there's a lot, there's a lot of emotions coming at you from your children. There's a lot of challenges and it is hard to be kind of thrown around with every wave like that. And I feel like there's a part that people don't even know they're missing. They just kind of slowly, it's like slowly loses. You slowly lose that kind of connected, strong feeling. And you don't realize it's gone until somebody gives it back to you. So that aha moment when you could feel your core, or sometimes people get it when they put the splint on and they're like, oh, yes, that's the muscle. That's the muscle I miss, right? Or when they're in the clinic and I wrap my hands around their core and kind of hold it together for them, there's this light bulb moment where they're like, yes. And it is emotional because it's like you didn't even realize that was missing until somebody gives it back to you. And then when you have it back, it's it's like there's just this relief and this hope and this like like I had given up hope that this was, I was ever going to feel myself. I don't even remember what it feel felt like until you get it back. And so then once you kind of establish that and you reinforce it and you reinforce it and you build it into your day and your movement patterns and how you stand and how you hold your kids and how you sit and how you just interact with the world. Now you're kind of like a rooted tree, you know, your branches still flow with the wave, right? But you're a rooted tree, um, which is part of our, our, our logo, right? Is that tree, right? Um, you're rooted and you're grounded and you're connected. Um, and I feel like that's where you can grow and bloom. You're not being thrown around, you know? And so that's the thing that people can't understand why it is so emotional, 
right? You've lost a part of yourself and then we help you reclaim it. And um, that's really fun to watch with clients and for them to get that. Yeah, it's just, it's amazing. It's a great feeling. I felt like I'd lost so much of who I was just becoming a wife and mother. Um, And like that, that was reclaiming a small piece that, and I've always believed that women don't have to be destroyed by childbearing. And so any little piece that can help us stay strong and stay healthy and still have babies. I mean, that's amazing to me. I, um, I'm so grateful for that. I am so, I'm, I'm able to be so much of a, a better mom because I can go jump on the trampoline with my kids. I can go horseback riding. I can go hiking. And I couldn't before, you know, when I was still in my twenties, I can now I'm almost, I'm almost 40 and I can still um, keep up with most of my kids. <laughs> right. Right. What do you wish you would have known earlier? Like what would have, what if you could have told your younger self? Well, first of all, stop doing sit-ups and crunches, trying to keep a slim waist. I mean, that was, uh, my friend and I had a competition. I did 250 one night. And I think back to then versus now, and I don't do any crunches, and my core is 10 times stronger. Um, Why was I wasting my time and and energy doing that? It's what you thought you needed to do. I mean, yeah, we all did it. That and... um, just that connection that your core has, your core is a part of your body and, and remembering that that affects your organs, that affects everything. Just remember that your body's connected and that if one piece is not working correctly, that nothing else is going to be working correctly. It all compensates really well, but having that connection and that strength um, do amazing things to your body, even before childbearing or for, or for anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, learning strong core is is super important for, like I said, for my daughters, for my my boys. I don't let them make poor fitness choices. Um, I think it's just important for young people to know. Yeah, I think that we um, have a very fitness mindset, you know, and it's like, oh, this is a muscle, and this is how you strengthen it. Um, which I get that. I mean, I I totally lived that life for a long time. Um, the thing about the core is it is a, a group of muscles that are, surround your organs and stabilize your spine and it's structural and it's postural and it's, um, it is a muscle group, but it has just like everything, it has a really important job. And, um, I think we try to kind of beat it into submission instead of like nurture it and reinforce it and support it to do the job it was meant to do. And um, I'm really trying to get that message out there Um, a little bit more grace and a little bit more knowledge so that we can be kinder to ourselves and have a much better outcome um, doing the right things for the right reasons. Right. Absolutely. No, I think it's wonderful. And I, um, I tell all of my clients, please, please take care of your core. (laughs) Yeah idea I and you know it's kept me out of the the chiropractor I was having um my sacral spine was going out constantly mm-hmm. and it doesn't do that anymore right so little pieces they all add up they do you should consider doing our um tummy team birth professionals course 
we have a, a prenatal um, course for professionals that birth professionals um, that goes through all the stuff that you would kind of need to know to coach your clients um, through this and help them to have that experience. I think you'd be awesome at that. You should look at that. We have a kind of an apprentice process. Um, and then, you know, then you can, you know, you're the person helping them. And I think that you have a really cool um, opportunity to do that. So, yeah, that's, that's next on my, I have a list of, of steps here for adding to my, um, the things that I offer. And that's definitely on there. So. Well, we would love to help you with that. Well, anything else you'd like to share before we wrap this up? No, I'm just super grateful. Um, you know, just that you decided to go ahead and be brave and make this a part of your, your story because you have helped so many people. And I am grateful. So very grateful. Oh, I love that. And, you know, um, we, I, I did the first podcast that we did, I released my story or part of my story. And, um, I think it'll be interesting for you to listen to when we, when, when that's ready. Um, because, you know, I, <laughs> I didn't set out thinking that I was going to start a business, you know, I, needed to, nobody was there to help me. And, um, nobody was there to help my friends. And so I went on a journey to figure out how to help myself and my friends. And then it just kind of got bigger and bigger. And a lot of times I think about, and I think this can be encouraging to you with the work you do as a doula, um, is one of the things I try to think about is what did I need to know when I was in that place? What, what voice did I need to hear um, that wasn't available to me? And how can I be that voice for somebody? And I think that that's a really uh, great way to give back. Um, you know, we, we do what we do until we know better, and then we do better. And um, we're all in this together, you know, and helping each other um, navigate um, birth and birth recovery. I think it's part of kind of the um, sisterhood, you know, of being a woman and, and you have more opportunities than average because of the work you do. So I, I think that that's really a great thing for you to be able to do. Yes, I'm really, I really hope that um, I can continue to help and support other moms through this because yeah, we're all in it together. Yeah. And very important to support each other through it. Yeah. All right. Thank you so much, Jennifer. I really appreciate you doing this with us. And, um, you know, listen to the podcast, listen to the other stories and see, see how you can see how much um, the stories really impact each other. Okay. Thank you, Kelly. Right. Thank you for joining us today at the Tummy Team Journey Podcast. The Tummy Team is committed to validating your story, providing you with relevant practical education to understand your body and offering effective solutions to live the life you were meant to live. Check out thetummyteam.com to get more information about how we can help you specifically and see if one of our online programs is right for you. You can also follow The Tummy Team on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube to get tips, encouragement, and support.